Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of WNBA Nation and the grand finale of our 2021 team previews for uh, the for the 2021 season. We have been through 11 different teams thus far, and we're going to bring it home talking about the number one seed from the 2020 season, the Las Vegas Aces. And to do that with me tonight is my good friend, Steve Schwartzman. Steve, how are we? Because you can, you won't, and you don't stop. I'm here. I'm great. <laughs> the last episode I quoted a Beastie Boys song. Might as well do it again. May as well do it now. Here we are. Big up to Kate Schellenbach, one of the, one of the OGs. She was the coolest one, <laughs> dude. I uh, you can always drop Beastie Boys references uh, on episodes with me. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Jason would always get them, but yeah, I'll I'll snag those anytime. He might. He, uh, he might. He he shocks you with some of his pop culture stuff. You never know. <laughs> um. Guys, we are so excited to be uh, kind of wrapping up this series. Uh, excited, but also a little bit, a little bit sad. These have been so much fun. Uh, totally. we got to give a, a big shout out to our good friend Logan Jones, who is currently on vacation in San Diego, um, having a great time down there. He has done a phenomenal job in putting together templates, doing background research and, and really putting together a really solid product in these team previews. Um, we're wrapping up with the Las Vegas Aces, but if you ha- if this is the, your first time listening to one of these, um, go ahead and f- finish this one. But I strongly encourage you to go back and at least just snag like maybe two or three of the other teams at random, and just go learn a little bit more about somebody else in the league that you might not know. Uh, maybe you're from the Las Vegas area, maybe you're you're from Nevada or or in that region generally, and you're saying, "Hey, no, this is my team. I'm just w- wanting to get up to date with them." That's great. Go listen to what we had to say uh, about Connecticut or Minnesota or uh, New York. Like, go check some of those teams out and um, and and really get to know a little bit more of the counterparts that the Aces are going to be facing uh, as a, as a member of this league. But Steve, before we hop too quickly into the the Aces. Uh, Let's uh let's let's let everybody know the best way that they can get in contact with us and connect with us uh via social media and whatnot. Uh how how could they do that? You got it, friend. Uh WNBA Nation Pod on Twitter. First and foremost, get on there, get that Twitter app, and if you see what you do is you go to App Store, or if you're on an Android, you go to Google Play, maybe Amazon Store, wherever you get your apps, you see, and you go in there and you'll you'll go to apps. <laughs> There'll be a place you type in Twitter. Um, or you can go to twitter.com, www.twitter.com, AOL keyword Twitter. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> or, I'm kidding. Do you, th- do you, on a, do you think the AOL keyword stayed around long enough that Twitter was one? I'm wondering. I don't know if it stayed around. I wonder if there was a crossover over there. When they, it stopped coming up on Nickelodeon commercials in like 2000 <laughs> or 99. <laughs> But that's, uh, this dates us so hard, the AOL keyword. That was like before yeah. even Google was much a thing was you could type in a keyword instead of just typing out the whole website. This is back when like hyperlinking wasn't as good. So you had to actually know a whole website's name 
and you had to yeah. type. Uh, this is old school. You had to type www dot the name dot com whatever. Like it was a big deal back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, that's not important. At WNBA <laughs> Nation Pod. Follow us there. Uh, likewise, over at Facebook, if you are listening to this pod now, you found it, but uh, you can check us out anywhere that your podcast can be found. If you are listening somewhere that has any sort of review system, especially Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review and a comment. Let us know what you like about the show and anything else we can do to make the show more enjoyable for you. You're always welcome over on the Twitch. Check us out on our live streams. It's been some of my favorite stuff we've done uh Really, in the history of our podcast history has been getting up on Twitch, getting to know our audience a little bit better. It's been so much fun connecting with listeners and fans, and we've really enjoyed it. We and the more the merrier. There's much room for the crew to enjoy themselves here. So, so make your way over to Twitch, and of course, if you're looking for some some merch love, if you want to get a, a logo or any other cool designs that our producer Jason has put together, head over to our store envy page. Our links are up over on Twitter. Uh, we'll usually have in the description of the episodes, anything like that. Grab yourself some merch. It'll totally be worth it. So there's your, there's your skinny. Stay connected with us. Thank you. You're, you're, you're why we do this. We're here to support new, new and old fans. And, uh, it's been, it's been good times. We're, we're in our fifth year as a show. Do you know that? This is our fifth season That's, covering it, the show. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, yeah. I was realizing that the other day because, yeah, I mean, it was 2017, just Tail like, literally the, like, the couple games prior. Yeah. yeah, prior to the playoffs is when we had our experience. And it was kind of into the playoffs that we really started the podcast um, of you know, the 2017 sake, playoffs. Please do not listen to those episodes. I don't. Please don't. We were not as we familiar ex- with the league as we, we are now. We got told. <laughs> we got told over quickly. It was. We exposed we, ourselves there very were, quickly. There's a steep learning curve, but I think it, we. I think we, we handled we it. We had okay. to take. We had to take our licks, and uh, yep. we should have. But we so. were passionate, and uh, and luckily now that passion starting to pay off. Uh, we just want to give a, a quick shout out to every single one of you uh, that is listening. Um, we currently have a new most downloaded episode, um, and that was the episode that we actually just uh, a recent episode that we just released about the WNBA opening weekend. That is currently our most downloaded episode, and the fact that it um, is the most recent episode is is really telling um, that. Uh, that the game is growing. We're getting eyes and ears, uh, paying attention to women's basketball. Um, you know, this is, this is just a phenomenal, uh, experience that we're having, um, getting con- to connect to so many people, uh, who are in support of women's athletics and, and women's basketball in particular. So thanks to every single one of you who are listening and checking out the show. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Steve. Yes. Let's talk about the aces. Oh, can we please? <laughs> Can we please talk about the aces? Cause this is, this is, this is gumption right here. This is a, this, this is a fun as hell roster. This team is, uh, I'm, I, I, I don't know if there's a, a team that I'm more excited to discuss than the aces. So I'm glad that we saved it for last. Um, let's take a, let's take a, uh, a retrospective look back at the 2020 yes. season. Uh, they finished the season as the number one seed. They were technically tied with the Seattle Storm at, uh, at the same record, but they had a better head to head, uh, record against the eventual champions, Seattle Storm, prior to the playoffs. Um, 
Now, just for history, historical context here, um, this team is not too far removed from being a bottom dweller of the WNBA when they, uh, prior to them making the move from San Antonio to Las Vegas, um, basically finished last in the league, bumped over to Las Vegas, missed the playoffs, then squeaked into the playoffs and had a decent run. And then last year, ended up being the number one seed uh, heading into the playoffs in 2020. Steve, what were your impressions of this 2020 season from the Las Vegas Aces? By the way, that missed the playoffs call you made. I believe that was the year, was it Washington? Mm-hmm. That squeaked in. Um, that, was the, that was the forfeit game. The forfeit game, and it literally cost them was, the playoffs. was the yeah. difference that kept them. And that's a... It's a long story for a different day. If you're looking for some look back, that was a wild <laughs> week in WNBA. That would history. be that would be a really fun like one off episode to just look at yeah. everything surrounding just that day. Like a relaxed that would be WNBA, a W history because it was yeah. If it was, it's crazier than we remember. It was it was a nuts time. That said, um, sorry, let's go back to your question. So I got that correct. I was so antsy <laughs> to bring that up, but I didn't. No, even you're good. Just just the what was your. What was your view on the Aces for the 2020 season? I mean, I don't think people fully expected this to be a top seed. And I think a lot of reasons because they were sans Liz Cambage. Uh, they right. were sans Kelsey Plum. It was hard to tell exactly how much they were going to pull off there. And it's for those reasons that I, for instance, think Asia Wilson was far and above the MVP. Because there's a lot of arguments say that Bree Stewart served it. And I, I co-sign a lot of that. But... She very much was the centrifuge of a team that uh, succeeded beyond, uh, you know, all potential. And you're talking about a team that, I mean, Derek Hamby went out just before the finals, I believe. And so this is a team that could have gone even farther. Who knows how much noise they could have made in the final. But, you know, the one seed does speak for itself um, where I am excited in their moving forward is that they're very destined not only to not prove that was a fluke, but they made it clear that from the season on that they're not satisfied with that jump, that they definitely have other right. pieces of grandeur in their mind. They're looking to get a lot more done. But one thing that seems to get lost with the aces in the time that they've been this good and been an elite team in the league, somehow we lose the narrative that this could be the most fun team in the entire league. Um, <laughs> like it's, there's some arguments across the way, but I mean, the 2020 season, this was headband Bill Lambeer season. Oh. You know, we, we've got to remember that specifically. <laughs> you know, it, like this was uh, so many strange things are going on with this team. Um, Asia Wilson, you know, completely cementing her star status. You had just so many different levels of, uh, things to buy into, things to enjoy, things to be excited about. And this is one of those teams that, on off the court, just their, their attitude, their interactions, but then their style of play. Uh, they're a very fast paced, hard dose team. They have some great speedsters who set tones. Um, when they are deciding on shooting well, they're, they're one of the hardest teams to beat, but at the same time, they have that pivotal collection of players who can close things out. And it really, you know, from, from my perspective, makes things fun. And, and what's crazier is, there's a slight chance they've gotten better. I mean, we're going to talk about who they've added and who they've lost. And it's, there's an argument both, you know, several different ways. Um, 
but it was just, it was fun watching this team. But the thing about it is you got so lost in the fun that it didn't hit you that, holy crap, they're at the top of the table, uh, even above Seattle, and it, and it went the way that it did. So, yeah, this is a second episode in a row where I feel like every a- answer I give is just going to be like, they're good. They're a really good team. They're good at basketball. <laughs> when they play it's, basketball, they play good, and it's, it's really fun to watch them being good and stuff. It's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. This is a team that uh, that a lot of people uh, – you know, we're maybe not surprised isn't the the right word, but we're impressed, you know, made that leap, especially, um, you know, in a season that, you know, a lot of people anticipated would, uh, especially with, you know, departures and, and people missing that this was kind of see Seattle's team was definitely the team to beat last year. And the aces, while they did eventually lose to Seattle in the finals, did come in and take that number one seed, uh, from Seattle. And I think that that can't be understated. Um, and did so missing two of their major players due to injury. Um, we'll talk about them as far as we're going to include them in our key additions, uh, section here in just a little bit. But from, but as far as key returners from last season, from 2020 to 2021, um, your major key returners here for this team are Asia Wilson, Derek Ahambi, Jackie Young, and Putting an asterisk next to this one, Angel McCautry, who recently uh, is going to be out for the season um, with an injury. So those are your those were your four main and now uh, actually, you know, three main core returning players from this uh, Las Vegas roster. Um, however, however, that is not the the end. We're going to talk departures and additions here in a little bit. But Steve, let's just talk a little bit. Let, let's just start Asia Wilson in general, because if you're going to if you're listening to this show and you're trying to just learn about the Las Vegas Aces, let's say you're brand new to this league and you're like Asia Wilson. Who's that? Steve, what do people need to know about Asia Wilson? What do they need to know about Asia Wilson? Um, Asia Wilson is possibly the like very fast becoming the front runner face of the entire league in a way in that her attitude, um, her inspiration speaks so much to it, but at the same time um, plays at such an intense level um, where she is a great backcourt player for her, her for how big she is. She's an amazing frontcourt player for how small she is. She seems to defy odds at every level. And there's a statue in South Carolina to prove that for you. <laughs> um, but she is, is possibly the most pure five tool player we have in the league right now. I mean, Deladon's in that argument, Bree's in that argument. You can look at, uh, you know, there's a handful of other Sabrina may be in that argument in a couple seasons. But she right now to me is one of those highest complete players. But what speaks really well to Asia is she's proven her poise to be effective in pivotal situations. And it's gotten the the Vegas quality wins where not even those last second type moments, but the ability to comfortably put games away uh, and, and, and pull effort. She's had that poise. She's, she's seen it play extremely well. This isn't a great pitch. This is a very boring basketball nerd pitch, but I think <laughs> she uh, is just one of those people who 
every single element of a basketball organization maintains value off of a player like Asia Wilson. She very much is, is the, the future of the league in that way. But at the same time, it maintained itself when you look at how much she had to succeed with in 2020 without having at her disposal. So what they were able to maintain on their roster, uh, you know, what the support that she'll have is, was very much why the aces are, are put in a favorited position like they are from, from a lot of people who would know. Absolutely. Now I'm glad that you mentioned that. Uh, if, if you want to know a little bit more about who Asia Wilson just is as a person, uh, Two quick YouTube searches are, are going to really help you out with that. One, I want you to go watch the clip where she is surprised by Kathy Engelbert with the MVP trophy and what she, uh, that how she shares that moment with her teammates. Um, this re- really quick. Go ahead. We we we're going to have a 144 episode very soon. I think we need to yes. dedicate a whole conversation to just reviewing that documentary. But um, I love it. Couldn't recommend it more. First of all. Second of all. Because of everything that happened in 2020, there's nary a very pure, good, feel-good moment in that documentary. There's so much poignancy that there, there, that is such a pure, feel-good moment that was just like the biggest breath of fresh air. It was such a cool thing. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it speaks so much to her character. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, no, that was like, how do you not? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> how are you not an Asia Wilson fan by looking at this? You know, UConn, Tennessee fans, I get it. Whatever, you know, your, your, uh, you know, whatever your reliance is or, or who you stand with on the college spectrum, that happens. But I don't know how you don't love Asia Wilson and watch that moment. Absolutely. So the second YouTube clip I want you to check out. Is her, uh, is her speech at the unveiling of her statue that is now on campus, uh, at South Carolina. Um, you, you gotta go see that she shares, uh, some sentiments, uh, in relation to her grandmother, um, that, uh, I think are some of the, some of the more, um, powerful words that I've heard in the last, 12 months like just absolutely phenomenal stuff she's well spoken she's uh she's extremely uh likable on uh, across the board she's she's the kind of player that yeah is you know the current mvp but also is going to go uh march in a parade with uh the las vegas aces and dance with some kids on the side of the parade route because that's just who she is yeah I, I'm going to triple up on this and, and also include uh, her player should be an article from last year. I believe it's titled Dear Black Girls, where she specifically yes. speaks to, uh, you know, not just little girls in the league, but specifically black girls who um, everything that that specific community had to endure in 2020 and the strength that she imbued by speaking to it, but also so simply and so profoundly. Uh, gave that message of support to, to, to those readers. And again, just like you said, she can do it at this profound level and give that support and, and help abuse strength and empowerment. But also, and I, I, I want it clear before I say, I say this with the greatest level of admiration possible. What I'm about to say is purely a good thing. She's also a dork and it's the best. She can be <laughs> silly and she like, yeah, just like it was. The, uh, when we were, uh, you know, in Vegas, uh, I've seen games here and there, the Vegas aces have like a cutaway in the arena of doing like dance off, you know, sports arenas have that, right? No, let's dance right. off. Let's see the crowd. Let's see who's dancing. 
and it, they use this shot of her dancing and sincerely the silliest thing you might have ever seen since like Elaine on Seinfeld. Like it's, it's, but she's not afraid to have a good time in the way she wants to have a good time is what I mean by that. From, from one dork to the other, it's, it, this is me game recognized game. Like I, I just, <laughs> I, re, I love how comfortable she is in her own shoes in that way. And that's what to me makes her worth watching. And this is on top of the fact that she's one of the three best players in the league. Absolutely. Um, this is that part of the infomercial where we've hyped up so much about this product and we need to transition into say, but wait, there's more because also while Asia not, Wilson is also is not such an actors pops up onto the screen where we're like, we promise yeah. like a paid advertisement. And we're, <laughs> it's so true. It's, we it's, legitimately we have so much. Heavily. We have so much love for Asia Wilson. We gotta, we gotta mention Derek Hamby, Jackie Young. Um, as, as part of this returning squad, uh, Derek Hamby is honestly one of the players that I don't know how you just don't automatically hand her sixth woman of the year every season because she doesn't start, but she plays starter minutes and gets starter stats and just an actual, like an, an absolutely integral part um, and, and probably has just as much, if not more of an impact on the game than several other starters for the Las Vegas aces. Um, she's, she's been huge for this team. Um, and when she went down prior to the finals, I think that left a big question mark in a lot of people's minds of, okay, Seattle ended up winning, but Hamby was down. You know, what would that series have looked like had she been around Jackie Young um, taking a little bit of time to warm up into this league? But so far, uh, you know, kind of a spoiler into the 2021 season has looked like she's starting to find some footing um, very similarly to uh, one of her teammates that we're going to get to in a little bit later. Uh, Kelsey Plum. Um, so there's some of your key returners. That's, that's a absolute, like really solid squad. However, they did have a few departures. Um, the, probably the largest and, and most significant being Kayla McBride. Um, their outside, uh, shooter, um, you know, someone who, uh, immediately that my daughter, when we went and saw an Aces game a couple seasons ago, immediately gravitated towards is just a very electric player, a very fun personality is definitely going to be missed in the aces organization as well as sugar Rogers, uh, who played a really strong role on the 2020 aces, uh, team who, uh, has now become an assistant coach for the aces. Um, so as far as departures go, you got McBuckets, you got sugar Rogers, um, Steve, uh, how do you, how are you feeling uh, about Las Vegas having to lose these two players in the off season? Um, I mean, McBride had definitely felt huge in the moment because it really felt like, and it really felt like after the first game of the 2021 season that it was going to be especially prevalent after the second game, there were certainly, you certainly saw where there were going to be answers for it, which we should have all expected. Mm-hmm. But if there's one thing you can look at this current Vegas Aces roster and say, we need to make sure we firm this up. There isn't uh, nearly as much automatic machine shooting on it. You know, it's just they, like they, right. their ability to shoot on a lethal level changes a little bit. Now, do they have that ability in those weapons? Yeah. But 
losing McBuckets is, is one of the hugest thing. The other side of it is, to be honest, you're talking about one of the most warm fan favorites on almost any roster. And it spoke to the chemistry of that team. But on a basketball perspective, you're looking at one of the best shooters in the league. How do you make up for that on top of everything that she, you know, you're talking about an all-star caliber player, the former all-star in her own right. Um, now, this is coming a 2020 year where she wasn't as effective as she'd been in the past. You know, her numbers aren't as strong as they've been in seasons past. So it doesn't feel as heavy, but that, yeah, I mean, you, that right there speaks, speaks for itself. But overall, when you look past that, if I'm being honest, I don't know that there's a very high level of panic when I look at how much Vegas moved away from because. Yeah, uh, they maintain their core plus a good level of their bench. They maintain good depth, and of course, the, really, kind of the positive answer to this is the answer to what's most likely your next question. So, I think outside <laughs> of Mc, like McBride, yes, I, I don't, I, I didn't. You know, when I looked at what Seattle lost, I, my eyes widened a bit. When obviously, when I looked at what the Sparks lost, your eyes widened quite a bit because you lose a player like Candace Parker. I didn't feel that out of Vegas. It may be a lot of the reason mm. people are predicting him more they're predicting him. Well, and I think it's because very quickly Las Vegas was making moves that were adding just as much, if not more, to their roster. Um, and, and having some players, you know, come back that weren't around in 2020. So let's, let's kind of discuss some of those. Um, as far as key additions, now these two, these first two players aren't necessarily additions that in the sense that they weren't playing for the aces prior to this, but they were not available during the 2020 season. And so, uh, they're, they're adding to what a number one seed was already last year. And that's Liz Cambage and Kelsey Plum. Um, Liz Cambage, one of the more dominant bigs that you're going to see in the game of basketball. Um, also, uh, as, as, uh, she would claim one of the best point guards in, uh, the game of basketball as well. Um, Kelsey Plum, who again, dream, uh, dream no small it, dreams. <laughs> Kelsey Plum, number one overall draft pick, um, took, uh, took a little bit to get warmed up into the leagues, uh, similar to Jackie Young. However, Kelsey Plum really seems to have been coming into her own, um, especially, uh, in the 2019 season started to, to really look really solid. And not only returning to those two players, but adding two more all-stars to their already star-studded roster in Chelsea Gray and Raquana Williams. Now, Steve, I don't know if you, uh, realize this, but the fact that Raquana Williams and Liz Cambage are on the same team is, uh, mm-hmm. is quite interesting because these are the two players that have the two highest single game point scoring, uh, performances in the history of the WNBA. Um, and they're probably the second and fourth scoring options on this team. So that's what we're getting in addition to what was already a first place overall team last season. Mm-hmm. What uh, an absolute onslaught of additions for this Las Vegas Aces team. Thoughts? I obviously, I mean, that stat jumps right at you, right? Cause it's, that's just a cool thing to say that you have. 
on top of itself. Obviously, your corner Williams is um one of the the least talked about filthy scorers in this league. Just is nasty from all ends of the offensive side of the ball. Uh Chuper distance has a great mid range shot. Can stop and pop. Can shoot off the pass. I mean, she has that ability within her. She can get streaky, right? And we've seen that in, in even the start of the season, where if that rhythm doesn't hit early, it can be a little hard to to find it later in games. But that's certainly a weapon you want. Chelsea Gray is such a huge pickup. I think mm-hmm. I talked to you guys about. I think right before we did our season predictions, I was racking my brain like, why is no one talking about this move? And how big this move is, because to me, Gray is, is is one of those players who is effective in so many ways and is an all-star in so many ways. But one of the biggest things that that adds to, to the onslaught here, Chelsea Gray is one of the, the best late game performers in this league. Yes. And that's huge for Vegas because late game performance, winning close games, winning in those pivotal high pressure situations is what makes a championship team. Chelsea Gray is the player that you add when you're looking to win a title. Look what she did for the Sparks in 2016. It, it, this this has that feel and that taste to it, which I love. Now, this comes on top of the fact that this is a team that's going to be without Angel McCautry this year because of injury. And I think that Gray-Williams pairing actually makes up for a good amount of what you're losing with McCautry. And, and obviously, you can't just make up for Angel McCautry. She's one of the best players in the world, but you make up, I think enough of that deficit that it supports you. Then if you can, you know, develop Jackie young, well, if Kelsey plum gets hot, you're suddenly still able to fill up quite a bit of space and that helps you. The last thing I do want to say is there is one additional acquisition that I think needs to be highlighted. And that's Mark Davis. Yes. Uh, this is a team under new ownership, under new, you know, under new management from everything we've seen thus far. And and you hope this maintains because we've seen a lot of honeymoon stages with new ownership. But you really get the sense that Mark Davis is very invested in women's sports and women's basketball and really wants to help not only the ASICs succeed, but to grow into a household franchise in a Vegas market that is very steadily becoming a big-time sports market. People forget this was a town that didn't have a professional sports team five years ago. (laughs) <laughs> they now have a team, an NFL team, an NHL team, and a WNBA team. There's a chance they're going to have a Major League Baseball team before all things are said and done. Uh, they're very much building that out, and he really wants the Aces to be so strictly in that discussion. Like we are very much a part of this crew, and um, that's something that really lifts and and adds energy and breathes life into a roster when they see that top to bottom, the office supports them. And by the way, I think the MGM organization did support them. That's not to say they did it, but I think when you see this level of investment, a name, a lot of people know a name connected to another large sports organization within the city, it tells you that the expectation is high and you want to play up to it. So I actually think there's a lot of energy there as well, because they are probably looking and thinking, this is a relationship that's going to last a while. So let's live up to it and, and kick this off. And you, you know, we'll have to see, but it, it, that, that felt like a significant pickup for them. Absolutely. So moving forward into the draft, the 
the Las Vegas Aces selected and currently have on their roster um, Idaho native and Arkansas Razorback Destiny Slocum. And I, I just want if if you're a Destiny fan and you've been you know invested in her career and you're listening to this episode and you're saying hey like they haven't even mentioned her yet. Have, I hope that you're patient with her career because she is coming into arguably the most uh, star studded and and depth filled um, roster currently in this league. And so uh, to have someone who's drafted, uh, I believe, second round. Yeah. 14th overall, a, a second round draft pick even on this roster is really solid and uh don't be surprised if uh if if destiny finds her way uh into uh, fulfilling some really solid minutes um whether that's with the aces or with another team um is yet to be determined but um you know so far not a whole lot of usage um but we'll see you know you never know what happens and and how different players are going to come on and and uh uh, interact and, and what uh, court chemistry is going to be there. But that's where Destiny's at. Um, Steve, let's talk floor and ceiling for the Aces. Where do you think you have them as far as the ceiling for this team in 2021? This feels like just as obvious of a discussion to Seattle, but I mean, they, they you probably are notching them as the title favorites. And I think mm. that that stands firm. I think if they play at the level that we saw it at their second game of the season. It's going to be increasingly harder and harder as the season goes to beat this team. They feel like a team that could beat any team in the league three games out of five. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that stands pretty firm. I think more telling will be their floor when we get to it, because I think them being a title favorite feels obvious. Uh, mm. And, and especially because they're coached by a player who knows how to get that done. Absolutely. No, I think. Sorry, coach. My coach. Bill Lambier is not currently playing basketball. A former player. (laughs) But that doesn't matter. I meant to say just they have a coach who knows how to get that done. He is currently not. I mean, maybe he plays pickup here and there. My feeling tells me him and I have somewhat of a similar, a similar stout figure, except uh, my weight is carried by less height. So I look a little more portly than him. So he's probably playing about (laughs) as much basketball as me, but I don't know. I could be wrong. If, if he hears this, he'll be at my front door screaming. Uh, I'll hear him just outside because we know Bill. But um, Steve, this I have to agree with you on this. Uh, the ceiling for this team is absolutely number one seed overall, title favorites. You know, moving forward, um, I think that this is a team that looked like they could uh, have brought home the hardware last year. Uh, was potentially we don't know uh, a Derek Hamby injury away from that. Um, and then all they did was bring back three all stars and a number one, uh, overall, uh, draft pick back to the team. So, um, good luck to the rest of the league as you play against this aces team. Uh, this is a, an extremely fun team and a, a, an extremely talented team top to bottom. Speaking of, let's discuss where do you have this team as far as their absolute worst that you could see them coming out of uh, the 2021 season. To me, it would take a whole lot of unfortunate out of control change for them to drop farther than probably three. It would have (laughs) to take, it would have to take four of their starting five getting injured and knock on wood, but 
please don't happen. But like, it would take, it would take a lot for me to say they would drop farther than probably three, maybe four, but like they, I think they're definitely in the buy scenario of having at least one buy. But I think right now you're looking at one and two pretty steadily. I, I agree. I, I would say there's probably a good 90% chance that they're going to finish, uh, at, in the top two of the league. That extra 10% maybe drops them to third. I really have a hard time. Um, again, uh, this is all of these predictions are, are barring any crazy major injuries or anything. I have a really difficult time seeing them, uh, anywhere below third and most likely anywhere below one and two. Um, so I'd have to agree with that, uh, just overall. Um, Steve, are the Las Vegas Aces your title favorites? I believe that you had them, uh, as your, I, I believe you had them as your number one seed. I think all four of us actually had them as our number one seeds in our, if, uh, season predictions. If I didn't have them, it's when I had them at two for my official predictions. And again, I reiterate what I said the Seattle episode. I, I, you know, I wanted to add some spice. So I had some fun. I picked Phoenix out of the blue just cause that's fun and. I think they have the potential to be a, a really good team, but you know, I understand the risk I take with that, but I did have Vegas <laughs> in the final right now after watching, you know, the opening weekend of the first couple line of games, you know, going away from my actual prediction. If I'm looking at, are they the favorite? I think, yeah, right now they are. I think they, they very quickly adjusted to what they weren't able to convert against Seattle in game one. They, that second game, uh, they turned that into a more efficient offensive game and, and went through a pretty comfortable victory. And I think you may see that quite a bit over the year. Um, where it'll be interesting is, is it really to me comes down to those playoff matchups and, you know, how well they, they feed off of that. I also think it's important to note with this team, uh, as I'm looking at it, at least, um, they're one of those rosters that doesn't lose a heavy amount of players to overseas play for the Olympics. Now mm-hmm. they do, they, they have a handful of us players, Cambage obviously playing for Australia. So you'll see that, but um, you know, for instance, a team like Seattle is bringing a ton of players to Tokyo. <laughs> um, right. So that rest period is actually going to be tougher on them. Um, Chicago has a few less players, which helps them in a way as well. Uh, they have a couple of players who will be playing outside of Team USA as well. But so it's, it's one of those cases of that actually sort of helps them in that they might be able to rest some legs pretty efficiently that when you come to that back end of the season, it's going to benefit them really well. I'll be interested to see how the structure of the final of the Commissioner's Cup will go if they find themselves in a position to play for that. Does that mean an extra game? Do they just wriggle around schedules so they still they have to play 34 games? All that actually is pretty important to me in terms of just how that, lo- you know, how does the load look, but then also those playoff matchups. But all things said, I, I would probably put them pretty comfortably as the favorite, even though it goes against my actual prediction. But, you know, y'all can make fun of me on Twitter. You're allowed to. We'll have a good time with it. I'll get all my reaction gifts ready. It'll be a ball. <laughs> I love it. Steve, I want to, I want to play pretend for just a little bit. I want to oh, pretend God. that I am a, I'm a brand new fan of the league. I, I'm just trying to get into the WNBA, uh, which, you know, you and I aren't too extremely far removed from that. You know, if you, uh, what, five or six seasons at this point. Um, I, I find out you've got a podcast about the WNBA and I'm going to DM you and say, Hey, I think I like Las Vegas. Um, why, you know, is, is there a good reason why I should be a fan of the Las Vegas Aces? What are you going to say to me? 
Well, it's interesting, you know, because one thing we already talked about here is they're under new ownership and the owner of the, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, now oversees the Aces. So I find this interesting. I don't know if you're a football guy, but uh, so I don't know if do you like the Raiders as an organization. Do they stand yeah, out yeah. to you at all? Probably, it may not be my favorite, but yeah, they're good. Well, what's, what's, like the well, what's there to like about the Raiders as a franchise? I, mean, I, I don't I don't watch a lot of football. I don't know a lot about the team as a whole, but, you know, the, the brand, the history of the prowess. What is it about the Raiders that stand right. out? Uh, well, I think, I think that, uh, it's, they're just a team that when you think of the NFL, they're one of the first teams that you think about. Yeah, they're, they're the mainstay in a lot of ways, right? I think there's also right. a lot to that brand that sticks with people. It's a brand that speaks of power and strength and prowess and control. And, and they're there to, to stand tall, stand above everyone. Raiders, right? They're there to take over. That is the Vegas Aces. You're talking about a group of twin towers with Liz Cambage and Aza Wilson. They are coming in ready to shoulder through brick walls to make the impossible happen. On top of that, you're looking at, at speedsters. You know, you, let's, let's, uh, I think you're going up this roster, you know, Chelsea Gray. We talked about being the all, you know, the all tool player. Um, and, and what she speaks for. You know, that's, that's your running back, even though Asia Wilson is also kind of the Bo Jackson of the bunch, but it's, you know, we'll get to it. <laughs> but you're looking at a team that can have fun, that can be, be a big brand. But when it comes to the game, they put their nose down and they know how to overtake their opponent. They know how to have that pack of dog mentality and get the job done. So what you might see on the gridiron, you're also going to see here with the aces. But on top of that, man, how fitting that you're into this Vegas idea because man, has there, this is, this is flash, this is flare, this is neon lights. I mean, this is, it's a fun brand of basketball. If it's not fun with what you're watching on the court, it's fun listening to Bill Embiid scream on, on the side of the court. Um, <laughs> on top of that, it's, it's one of the most accessible teams in the league. Just in terms of how well the community has seemed to support them, and um, you know how how easy it is to get. You know, if you're a fan from any random small town, no, middle of nowhere in the United States, if you're in the middle of Wichita, Kansas, or I don't know, just trying to pick a smaller area, that's a weird one to call out of my brain. But um, you know, Vegas is a place that well, you know, that easily becomes that that transplant area, and it stands for it. So. Um, you know, I think it works. The brand's there. One of the best Rebel jerseys in the league, if you're a fit guy. So there you go. Love this it. This is the second straight episode that I've made it clear that I'm real bad at elevator pitches. I'm just <laughs> really not good. If I'm in the middle no. of an elevator pitch, I'll just be like, give me your number. We'll schedule time. And he'll say, I'd rather not. And then I miss an op- a lifetime opportunity. But... <laughs> I tried. I tried to be clever, no, and I don't know. If I, th- it I think I think it was fantastic. I I really liked how you you, you kind of tied in. Two episodes Asia ago, Wilson, I called Cambage. out Wayne Gretzky and got crap on Twitter for it, and now I call out the Raiders, <laughs> and now people are like, "Does Steve even get sports?" I I don't know. I, don't, I did my best, dude. I love it. No, I, here's the thing with this Las Vegas Aces team. Um, you're getting a team that is not far removed from a last place finish has seen a meteoric rise, has seen a rebrand, has seen a relocation, has seen new ownership and uh on on two different levels within the last few years um and also plays an absolutely entertaining like port like level of basketball. I don't know about you Steve, but uh Chelsea Gray 
dropping some dimes against Seattle the other mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Uh, last night, actually. Um, like just, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to see what Las Vegas, uh, does in 2021. Uh, I personally think that they are the title favorites. Uh, I hope that, uh, each of you who listened to this episode enjoyed, uh, getting to know the Las Vegas Aces a little bit better. Um, and, uh, that you're, you're going to be invested in the league. Uh, again, if this is your first episode checking out these team previews, go back. Pick out a couple of these other ones. Maybe you'll find the team that is best for you. Everywhere from number one to to number 12, um, there's a lot of reasons to get into this league. Uh, there's only 12 teams, but there's a lot more than 12 reasons why you should be invested in the WNBA. Uh, Steve, oh, it's been a blast, man. I, I've really enjoyed uh, talking about the Las Vegas Aces with you. Any last words for our listeners before we sign off? No, we just, we, uh, this is the end of our team preview uh, series and we've really enjoyed this. If, if, you know, there's anything that as a fan base you'd like to hear anything similar to this type of situation, whether it's W history type stuff or just, you know, any other way that we can break things down. I think these are fun conversations. That said, I think we're pretty busy because we have actual basketball to be talking about, but stick with us. Uh, we have so much more to, to cover and to share with you and, and we just can't wait to get it going. This is just, you just forget what a fun time of year this is when when it's finally time to start watching ball again. Well, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzmooch. And we got you next time.